in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey everyone, we just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know we are doing a spoiler review of Wonder Woman 1984. It was an an impromptu, organic moment that happened, and we didn't want to have anybody walk right into this uh, and uh, and have anything spoiled if you haven't watched the movie yet. So in the description of this uh, video or podcast below will be when we start the Wonder Woman discussion and when we end it. So just look for that, read that down there, and we don't talk about it uh, outside of those at least we don't believe we do. We're recording this little thing right after we did the show. But we didn't want to ruin anybody's time on that. So uh, look for the description if you don't want Wonder Woman certain aspects of it spoiled. There you go. All right, let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost, and uh, we're coming to you with another Top 10 Show this week, this time about Ridley Scott, yeah. apropos of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so true so many of you have been asking us like uh how are you guys coming up with the topics or why don't you do top 10 like gadgets or something and we're like nope this is a movie show this is what we focus on more than anything yeah. else so we got to create topics or look at topics and uh you know uh, uh we were kicking around ideas i think matt suggested top 10 ridley scott movies and i was like yeah let's let's do it and we looked we combed through our uh, previous episodes, and there was no episode with us doing top ten Ridley Scott movies. We certainly talked about his movies a lot, but we haven't done a top ten Ridley Scott. It was like that sounds great, let's do it. And there's not a Ridley Scott movie coming out. There's no uh, reissue of anything that I know of. There's no reappraisal. We just thought we'd do it because that's one no. of the one of the best directors ever uh, to make movies in in the history of film. Damn straight. I almost. <laughs> uh... Sorry about that. Go ahead. (laughs) It's your trigger finger. Sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. Uh, I made a veils on a uh, Ridley Scott produced commercial. Oh, nice. I got to go down to his office and do my call back at his office. Scott Free Productions. Yes. Uh, And I did not see him or his brother or anyone else for that matter. Okay. But it was still cool. And, uh, then that commercial played for two years straight on national, like nonstop. You see it on games. Yeah. You see it on, it was three guys. I don't know if you'll remember it. The chances yeah. are, but trust me, it's indelible just for certain aspects of it. It's three guys. And it was when drones, or, no, it was a, a, one of those, you attach a camera to like a balloon or whatnot and send wow. it up into the stratosphere when those videos were going around YouTube. Okay. So they made a commercial about that. And it was about, I think the cell phone itself and they put the cell phone on there and it went up and then it's footage of it then dropping down to earth and they find it afterwards. Oh. So it's all from the phone's perspective or the camera's right. perspective. Right. And it ran for, I mean, legit two years. Wow. And I was on avails for that. I was like oh, second place on something that made that dude a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it was cool to go down there, but I was like, huh, if they're bringing him in yeah. or they, at least the production company, they're probably going to air this for like, I had that thought going into it and then it was proven correct. And I was like, Oh, that, that hurts so bad. 
Uh, yeah, because I'm sure he never came to the set. Why would he? It's done by his production company. It, yeah. Uh, it was about the payday, baby. As crass as that is, it was about the payday. <laughs> really just hanging out. Uh, yeah, sure. On the set of some it. commercial for no reason. Why would he in a million years? Although they shot it in uh, like a cool, you know, huge, dramatic outdoor location. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like this big hillside, uh, grassy type of, anyway, it looked nice. That's cool. Yeah, I, I tend to, like, when I was doing comer- doing auditions for commercials, I tend to, like, not watch the ones I didn't get. Like, I tend not to, because I, 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 like you, I was like, oh, man, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I have friends who try to do theatrical stuff, you know, to, to uh, TV shows and films, and they, have, they, like, look to see who booked the role. And I'm like, I don't know what sure. purpose that serves, because it's you didn't get it. So yeah. looking to see who they did choose is there some kind of small victory if you say to yourself, "Oh, I would have, I, I did a better job. I would have done a better job." Or why they choose that person? I don't know. Maybe there's well, a small victory in that. But I think for actual acting work, mm-hmm. you know, your television, your movies, your your plays, what have you, yeah, that I agree with. In commercials, it takes no acting ability to do ninety five percent of what happens in a commercial. Mm-hmm. So I never felt bad about it because it was like that. Ah, they went for a guy that looked like that. That yeah. was my always excuse. Yeah. Even if you have lines, it's not like you're giving a performance. Whereas your friends that see, oh, who do they cast? Like I can understand it because then you're just like, what? What didn't they like about? Yeah, me, my performance. Trying to figure that out. Right. Which commercial? I just chalk it up to. Oh, they. Because if you ever gone in for something and it's just like it's you in a room full of say other fellow Latinos or all white guys and then the commercial shot and it's it's a black guy and an Asian guy. You're like, yeah. You're like, what happened? Yeah. What happened? I've been the where it's all minority individuals in yeah. me. So I'm the oddball, like, let's just see one white guy. <laughs> Which they do at the white guy auditions. There's usually a couple black guys, a couple Asian guys, but it's preponderance white. Yeah. Uh, I, I've done. I've been in that room where I'm like the two, two one or one or two or two or three of the mm-hmm. other choices, uh, and it's a room full of white guys, you know. And so you kind of look at other a couple of the Latinos that are there, and there's always the shared joke about it, of course, of course. Know? And but uh, the thing is, man, I I, I did I hated uh, doing the commercial solo commercials were fine to me. I hated mm-hmm. the pairing up thing. You know what I'm saying? I just was. Some people are really great at that. They like show up at audition, like, all right, you paired with this person, great, let's go work on the line, let's go this. And I was always like paired with someone who I, I felt like I was always paired with someone who was like, oh, you know, they wanted to be paired with somebody else, or they felt like, you know, they felt like I wasn't maybe up to snuff or who they wanted to be paired with. I don't know, but I never got someone who was just like, let's go do it, let's go study the lines or whatever. Sure. And I, I, to me, I was always, I always like to work it on my own, man. So to, to be with someone, it just kind of always, I hated that, you know? So I don't know about you, but I hated that. I hate that part. Of it. I think, I, I think it runs the full gamut. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's, yeah. you know, because of the mood they come into or the mood that I come oh, into. Yeah. Good point. You're, you fought traffic and you got here and then you look at it and it looks really stupid to you. And I've been yeah. in that situation so many times yeah. and you're just like, I don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. I don't want to see these lines. I don't yeah. want to see these actions. This yeah. is stupid. <laughs> this product is ridiculous. Like you're looking for every excuse. It's a little yeah. cold in here. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> <A little> cold. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Look at this line. There's seven people in front of me. This is going to take forever. Like you're a, oh, a toddler. Yeah. 
That's uh, the worst I, is when they take forever. Like when it's like two lines, oh, yeah. like you said, and it's like half an hour each audition. You just want to bang your head through a fucking wall. Like, oh, oh, yeah. My God. Without a doubt. Right. Right. It's ridiculous. I've sat there for it's a different. I couldn't wait to turn union. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because I got sick of sitting in non-union, just waiting two hours, two and a half hours. You're like, this is, they do not care about you in the slightest. You are oh. cattle. Whereas Union, they at least have to pretend like they don't look at you like cattle. They have to come out and apologize. Yeah. Because you're allowed, I think it's after an hour, you're allowed to like... You sign out, you get paid. You sign out and get paid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they I only hate did it that. one time ever. Yeah. They hate that. The, the companies, because then they're like, they don't usually call you back if you do that consistently uh, because they want you to be a little understanding. It's like the unspoken rule where you... They want you to be understanding that they're going to take a little bit of time um, in exchange for the fact that they'll keep calling you back to try to book something. That's kind of the exchange you got to have with these people. Yeah. But, you know, but I, I'm like, that's how I was in the past. Like, okay, cool. Now I'm much more bloodthirsty and I'm much more like, yeah, it, it's an hour. Fuck you. I'm getting here. I got other things to do. Pay me. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. Call me back in. Fine. There's 20 other fucking production companies that'll call me back in. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's too. There's a million choices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So long as you don't give a shit, it's perfectly fine. I think I that's realized. the key, right? Sorry, Matt. Good. Yeah, I just for people that move out here to be actors, that's a little more difficult to do. Yeah, true. Well, that's why you got to be in a position to when you come out here. If you're in a position, you give yourself over to the power of these production companies. Nine times out of ten, you're kind of fucked. So you got to be, you got to operate from a position of power that you actually do have something to offer when you walk through that door. Oh yeah, you do have talent to offer. You don't, you don't have to beg for fucking for a casting like that. Yeah. They read that a mile off. You're nothing new. Desperate actors rolling into a production office or running into an audition and seeing the over desperation of them. That just, they'll sense that a mile away and you rarely get the role. You, you know, you gotta be, someone gave me a, a good piece of advice is the best way to audition is to have something scheduled after the audition so that you can focus on that. You got to get to that. Mm. rather than the audition it takes your mind completely off it and once you're done with the audition you're heading off to the next thing you know and i was like that kind of worked out for me actually so i like that idea sure yeah but yeah don't uh, give yourself over to everything man. no i just never care because it's not why i moved here mm -hmm. so it was Even easier better. to do on some level just yeah, okay i didn't get that one who cares yeah yeah um whereas you could see it in the other people where oh you yeah. got used to the faces the, the people that were good at it, you'd see them because mm -hmm. they get called in more often like you would. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I booked a bunch of commercials. So, yeah, just, just like you did. It's like, if you know what you're doing, then you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I just ran into a wall of I was losing consistent work to the same three, four guys. Oh, yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah. And Oof, that's like I, I, I'm getting avails all the time and I, I'm losing to one of these three or four guys pretty much every time. Yeah. I don't know how to break past that. Mm -hmm. I'm still booking, but even even now, I don't know what the new contract is because I stopped. You know, I stopped going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you but not I, union now, or are you are you still union? I just stopped paying my dues finally after a year, like two years ago. Just like yeah. I, I don't want to go on commercials anymore. I'm not right. And now the healthcare that was the whole point of it anyway. Yeah, on some right. level. Uh, and uh, it, they just screwing people. So, oh man, yeah, I'm I'm good. It's terrible what they're doing to the people. Yeah, they're, it just exactly. now you need to make between yeah, 50,000 and 7 bajillion <laughs> to count 
We can't yeah. just like modestly raise the rate on the seven bajillion actors. <laughs> we need to screw over the, the ones that need it most. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brutal. Why be in the union then? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I went FICOR a while ago, man. Like, yeah. You're, sense. You're, you're fucking paying to subsidize other people. It's just like, yeah. this is ridiculous. And you're barely being able to subsidize yourself while you're doing that in the process. Yeah. Well, the threshold by which you have to pass it used to be reasonable. Yes. So like I, you book right. a, if you can book a job a year, then you're you're good to go. Just like try and work, try and be active. It was almost what it was. We're trying to help each other. And now it's like you need to book seven things. Yeah, <laughs> you're like okay. I think it was I think it was fifteen to twenty five thousand is what it was in the second tier, and then twenty five thousand above is the tier one, which is the best one you want to get. Now it's like as Matt said. Now it's like fucking way out there that you have to book so many. And the irony <laughs> is that you're booking. You'll ha- you have to book more but you're getting paid less mm-hmm. for the bookings that you get. So in the past, exactly. you could have booked three things and made that 50 grand. No problem. But now because they pay less because the union gave away all kinds of bargaining power in their negotiations on these, uh, on these contracts, because studios don't give a fuck. They'll go non-union all day and all night. Uh, when it comes to actors with a lot of these uh, commercials and what have you, they don't, yeah. uh, they, they don't give a shit. So yeah, there's ways to get around it. There are. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think when I first joined, it was either 16 or 18 on the bottom tier and 24. I remember 24 distinctly at the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I couldn't tell you what it was when I stopped paying dues two years ago or whatever, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But it's good to be out, you know, Mm -hmm. good to be out. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Anyway. uh, So let's get into our thing today here, man. We got ourselves a top 10. Uh, Ridley Scott movies. Uh, are you a big Ridley Scott fan? I know we we debated the other day on one of our shows, right? Between Ridley Scott and Tony Scott. We had a fun conversation about that. But what's your feelings on Ridley Scott? By and large, he's put out a number of movies that I like a lot. Mm. Uh, but there's also like four or five to me that are interchangeably good. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, if you want to sell me on that one over this one, which we can get into on the list, uh, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to fight you too hard on, say, the bottom of a couple on my list. Right, right, right. Uh, and he has made some ones that I just don't watch. Mm-hmm. I've seen it once. I, I don't think I'm seeing it again. It's not like I'm saying it's the worst movie ever. It's just I'm moving on. But when it works, it works insanely well. Oh, yeah. So uh, I know there will be a variance in our list at a certain point. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, I think we'll have a decent amount of commonality. Yeah, I think so too. But also, the thing that's great about Ridley is he's done so many different types of films. You mm-hmm. know, the genres he's tackled are very interesting: action, sci-fi, political intrigue, uh, a little comedy, a little black comedy, um, uh, ro- some romantic stuff within his films, uh, legendary stuff like uh, Robin Hood, what have you. So he certainly run the gamut of the kind of stuff that he's done uh, in terms of. Um, in terms of as a director, whereas, you know, certain directors just known for one type of movie or one type of genre, he's been able to be successful, multiple types of genres. And he survived some years of like, you know, not having success, some dry years, some years of not, not coming out with good stuff. Um, And he always seems to find a way back. Like he always seems to find a way back. And I think that's, what's great about Ridley Scott for sure. Yeah. He's worked this long 
you know, for a reason. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Still churning out good work now. And some really great actors have decided have worked with him as well. You know, so he attracts the cream of the crop. You know, with yes, he does. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So yeah, once we set a topic, uh, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one a piece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Ooh, man. Yeah. All right. Matt, what do you have at number 10? All righty. At number 10. So this is one of the, if you want to sell me, I've got three others on my side list that didn't make it. Okay. Okay. So if you want to sell me that you would put them in place of this, I'm not going to fight you too much because they're all kind of good. Yeah. Uh, which is Body of Lies. Okay. Go ahead. Yep. It's a nice little espionage type of thing. So DiCaprio's the field agent and he's out in the Middle East. Uh, and Russ Crowe is kind of his handler type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little black ops in the Middle East, modern day. We've seen a bunch of these, so it's the reason I put it at 10. It doesn't elevate above the rest of that type of genre. Yeah, like Spy Games. and Yeah, Spy, spy Games, games yeah. roughly the same. Okay. Um, any of those, whereas something like Syriana, a little bit better. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a little yeah. more memorable. Uh, but that is more of the political intri- intrigue. This is kind of boots on the ground with the spy espionage mm-hmm. in a more modern day setting as opposed to Cold War, but it's kind of Modern Cold War on some level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, spycraft still happens to this day. Whatever country that we're in currently, we have spies in that country. Yep. And other countries we're not in, we have spies in those countries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that for a fact, but I think we both know that for a fact. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and other countries have their spies here. Yeah, true. Very true. How could you not? It doesn't make... If you're going to have spies, the first place you would put it wouldn't be more than likely either your biggest enemy... If that's not already us or us, mm-hmm. uh, just because we got we got a lot of stuff. We do, we do. We got a lot of stuff. This is one I haven't time. seen. This is one I haven't seen. I've wanted to watch. It's I don't good. Know why I haven't put it on? I should watch it because I mean I, I I tend to like really even the terrible ones. I tend to respect what he was trying to do, but I don't know why this one has necessarily been one that I've kind of skipped over. But if you say it's good, I should definitely put it on my list and watch it. It's good in the same way of like. Um, you ever seen State of Play? I think that's the name of it. Who's in that one? State of Play, I want to say, is Ben Affleck and is Phil Hoffman in that? Phil Seymour Hoffman. State. Well, it's of- basically just like your tension, like a, 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 you're juggling like a tension script. You know what oh. I mean? Throughout. Okay. Yeah, type Rock of thing. So those okay. types of movies. Okay. It's dealing with spy espionage, but I think it's it's more so about the tension of being out in the field and you know having to do the work, but also dealing with the people back home type of stuff. Damn, I think I saw this. I just don't remember seeing it. I'm pretty sure I saw this. Isn't that what it's called? State of Play? Yes, yeah, State of Play. Russell Crowe, Ben Affleck, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Hoffman or Phil Hoffman was in another one that's almost basically the same thing as this movie. There's a bunch of, but they're all kind of Yeah. I'm not saying that body of lies in state of play, but I'm saying the feeling of the two movies to me. Right. right. Emotional ride to some degree. Although it's been a while since I've seen either. So I could just be pulling that straight out of my ass, but that (laughs) memory tells me. No, I totally remember this movie. I guess I just saw it once and kind of moved on from it, but I do remember state of play. The other one 
man right huh sorry go ahead uh i said i remember seeing it i remember liking it and then i don't know if i've ever seen it again yeah i think phil's was isn't it a most dangerous man wasn't that phil hoff oh no wait what was the one with philip seymour hoffman i remember which one you're talking about i think it was the one he did before he died or right after yeah or very close to when he died most wanted man maybe is that what maybe it was i think that's what it was called and yeah, once again, I'm not saying that's body of lies, but it's right. like a that type of vibey type of. But then, I got time. Know. I got to start catching up on these movies, man. Let's just make a list. I'm trying I'm to think. This is my job. I'm watching these movies. Ten to eight. That is yeah. my job. I'm watching these movies. Yeah, because you need you know field operative and then guy at home. But I think that they've done a better job of that in more TV shows than. Yeah. Like go watch first season Narcos. Oscar uh, Isaac is in this thing. Okay. All right. Mark Strong. Wow. I haven't seen that one. I remember when it came out. I haven't seen it. I saw the trailer trailer, mm-hmm. or part of it. Something. I was like, I think I've seen that movie. I'm sure it's good. It's like meat and potatoes. Right. Right. Uh, you know precisely what you're getting. So anyway, Body Lies. Okay. Espionage. Think Spy Game mixed with, you know, those other movies you brought up type of thing. Got it. Got it. If, All right. if memory serves. Uh, nine is Matchstick Men. Oh yeah, that's my. Let's see if that's a punt or not. Uh, that is my nine. Yes, Matchstick Men. Great movie. Yeah, beautiful timing. Nick Cage and Sam Rockwell, and I can't remember who the girl is. Allison uh, Loman, I think, is who it is. Okay, nice pull. I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would imagine that's gonna be like next level schmodown question at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, it is. Allison Loman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the girl in this thing. Who who are you feuding with these days? Where's the uh, blood rivalry? Well, if I, you know, they're not going to drop my match with, well, not gonna, I didn't have a match actually. They're not going to drop what I did at Spectacular for everyone to see until the 22nd of January. Okay. But let's just say that what happens when they might want, drop the, uh, the match with uh, Dan Murrow versus Adam Collins. Uh, there is a drastic turn that happens. So um, there will be a whole new set of Dan- to feud with. Uh, Dan was the villain yeah, Dan- all along, and he Dan- pulls off his mask. And- absolutely, absolutely. And he's, it's he's suddenly actually, he's actually Ben Bateman the whole time. He's been wearing was it Ben Bateman the whole time? <laughs> Who knew American Psycho would turn out to be? <laughs> And I only say that because the suit and hair are always oh, crisp and clean. The man is his last name is Bateman. <laughs> the guy, true. The guy's name Patrick Bateman on the show. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. But I think the leaning into the suit, clean cut, looks like the type yeah. of guy that might obsess over a business card for his character. It was yeah. very smart. It was very yeah, smart. True. true. Uh, I hope it was intentional. <laughs> I heard some rumors that Ben Bateman might not actually be his last, his actual last name, that he might have a different last name and they use the Bateman thing because of the connection to Patrick Bateman. And so he dresses that way to kind of get that connection, you know? Wow. Really? I, I, that's what I hear. That's what From I hear. From who there? I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say who I heard. Jay Anon. What, where, yeah, what, Jay conspiracy, Jay Anon. <laughs> what conspiracy theories are you on anyway? I heard Andrew uh, Guy was created in a lab. That's what I <laughs> oh, oh man, that's great. <laughs> Are they both still in it? Yeah, yeah. They're both okay. uh doing their thing, that's for sure. 
Who's ride or die at this point? Uh, with Bateman or with um... hey, any of them? Who's a, I know. I know. There's no way Bibbs is ever quitting. No, Bibbs just had had just had the title, the tag team title, and then he, him, and the kid Brendan Meyer. Uh, they had beaten Corruption, who had beaten us earlier in the year to, to take the belts, uh, Dan and I. And then, but uh, then they faced Jeff Snyder and Mark Andreco, who were fighting for the belts again at Spectacular. Uh, and for they those, are for those of you who've seen it, you know. But he hasn't dropped the. I don't think he's dropped that match yet for everybody to okay. watch. But it was a hell of a match, and uh, you know, Bibbs has been playing some of the best. Schmodown he's played in quite some time over the last 12 months. So it's good, good for Bibbs. Yeah, good for Bibbs. Good um, uh, I come, I come around on Bibbs, man. I'm a, I'm a little softer on Bibbs now. He's still, you know, he's still veers. He's Bibbs. Uh, he's Bibbs. You, you he's take Bibbs. Bibbs for what he is. Exactly. Yeah. It's like sometimes he gets, you know, very animated and focused yeah. on something. It's like, hey, that's what Bibbs does. Yeah. That's just who Bibbs is. What yeah, you understand? He's got to let Bibbs be Bibbs and just move on. Exactly. Bibbs. Yeah. Bibbs. Say when we were teammates, he was so eager to name. He would send ten to twelve over Twitter, uh, yeah. like in a private group message. And by the time I saw it and was beginning to read the ten or twelve, he had fifteen more. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> He's, yeah. And then it became so much. I told Emma, I was like, I can't even keep up. <laughs> it's like right when I'm trying to digest and formalize. He's like, What about this? What about this? What about? Because he was focused on that. Yep. Yep. And eventually I, I told him, I was like, you know, man, let's uh, do whatever you want. <laughs> Life would be much easier. And it was, it was easy. Yeah. yeah. As yeah, long as you agree gotta, with it, you know. Well, just uh, let babes be babes. You want to focus on this? That's that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's the fine. way it goes. You got to understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. You do you, man. It's fine. I think the Dude, what is up with you? Yeah, I know. What's what is? Uh, I keep. I'm gonna move the mouse away from my hands. Uh, that's the way. Um, I'm discovering that Craig is the barbarian. Sure. He has just constant texts, uh, you know, and it's like because he's just so excited to be a part of it, and he's just like kind of figuring yeah. out. Like, Dude, I mean, I've been doing this for eight years, pal. I get it. I get your excitement. I respect your excitement. But I've been doing this for eight years, man, or seven years. Yeah, and that very well could have been you at one point. Yeah, right. I'm sure it was the first couple of seasons. That's why I totally get it. The first couple of seasons, man, I was just like watching every match. I was in the room for every match. I remember Fernandez used to get so fucking pissed if I would go in and sit there all day and watch matches. He'd ask, what are you working on? What are you doing? It's like, you know, this is is part of our content. What's the problem? And it was, well, if you're not competing, I don't want you in there, you know that that approach to the world that he had uh and uh and so it, but i i tried to watch as many of those matches as i could i was so into it in the first couple of years and then of course you start to slow down a little bit because you um i don't know i got a little i don't know what you want to say i got a little perturbed watching other people succeed and then i'd stumble it would just frustrate me so watching them play i no longer i had more invested in trying to achieve more so watching other people achieve things frustrated me and so if i i just wanted to just focus on what i was trying to do before i walked into a match so but i i know i'm coming near the end man i i i don't this is a young man's game this thing and eventually yeah. one more year and i'm gonna have to go retire become a manager or something or just go off into the sunset and maybe come back five years from now or some shit i don't know we'll see and if if bib somehow hears this i meant that with all love buddy <laughs> I genuinely did. I, I, I enjoy your company and yeah. 
I just let you be you. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, because I know I'm going to see him again. So if he happens to, someone tells him, like, oh, they were talking about you. Not say that he's so vainglorious. But we all do talk into microphones in the hopes that other people do listen. And That's true. We're all vainglorious to some degree. In some extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, if I'm throwing shade in him, I'm throwing just as much, if not more, back at myself. Uh, uh, yeah. And actually, yeah, even yeah. more back at myself. Yeah. Basically, I mean, and, and you know, I'd love to team up with Bibbs before I wrap it all up one day. We'll, we'll see. I think we'd have a fun little run as a, as a tag team. So who knows? Oh, you guys want a tag team? And then I finally show up after all these years. Oh! And you up. How dare you? We both had something beautiful. <laughs> You're just going to muddy it. It's like, it's like watching Cousins marry. What are you doing? <laughs> I met him through you. Yeah, exactly. You introduced me to him. (laughs) What? Uh, Uh, Are you trading notes on how I play? Are you trading notes? How dare Uh, you? (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds? Who's your teammate now? Uh, It'll probably probably be Barbarian, I would imagine so, yeah. Unless, Unless there's some interesting things that happen, I would imagine... So it's, yeah. it's, and it's and it's fine. I've never been with a machine like this. And, and, you know, Dan is great, but Dan's also like Dan's a Dan can get quite like into the whole like, am I going to do well? Is it? Am I going to perform? Whereas Craig is just a machine about trivia, and so it's going to be interesting to see the kind of little less not emotional, but little less angst approach to things. So I I, I will look. I'm looking forward to it, and I loved uh, playing with Dan. I'm going to miss. Uh, playing with Dan, but sure. uh, you know, it's it's you got to move on. You got to move on. You make changes, and I think Dan's going to be great next year too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know him, but uh, your new partner. But I wish you well. Yeah. Have fun. Hopefully, it works out. We we, we won titles. We won a title, and uh, not a lot of tag teams can say they won the title. So for all the Are shit you- talk people do, we won a title. So. Yeah. Are you talking about you and Dan? Yeah. A lot of yeah. and and you and me, like I have won titles with every teammate I've had, and that's oh, a, no pressure, new guy. Positive, that's yeah, exactly. No pressure there, machine. <laughs> I and you're side eyeing the whole time because you're not going to let this machine take out humanity. Happen, <laughs> <laughs> AI will not destroy us all. So it's good to have you close. You know what I mean? Friends close, enemies closer. Good for oh, you. Yeah. Smart. Oh, yeah. Smart. He has like Excel spreadsheets for every category of all the movies that correspond to every. It's mind blowing. Good for him. How he studies. Man. I never in a, middle, in a million years I know. to do that. Never. <laughs> that does not sound like fun, but it does for him. Yeah. And right. that's awesome. Exactly. And that's what this is for. Exactly. It's all relative yeah, yeah, yeah. to how you, how you play the game. Exactly. How do you want to spend your life? Right. Right. That's how he wants to do it. All right. That's Have fun. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, so we did <laughs> not talk about Match Deck Man at all. all. It's a con man movie, and who's conning the con man? The con man right. who's watching the watchers, right? Um, and uh, you should see it, it's actually really good. And it's early, not early Sam Rockwell, but basically when he just consistent run of that guy's good and everything, yeah, yeah. But you, when you're starting to get to know his name mm-hmm. and look forward to his work, yeah, he hadn't quite built to being a lead yet, right? And this is also before Nicolas Cage goes into you know. Whatever, whoever meets my quota and if it feels like a fun project, I'll do it. Type Nicolas Cage. This is just, I think, a couple of years after leaving Las Vegas, so he's in that phase of rebirth as a uh, as an actor to to 
appreciate and enjoy and go see his movies. Because I think The Weatherman's around this time as well. And a couple of... In my other... head, this came out before Las Vegas. Before Did it? Las Vegas. I think it's after. Uh, Matchstick Man is 2003, dude. So even Las Vegas, I think it's like 95 or some shit. Is it 95? I mean... Yeah, it's 95. I thought 90. Okay. Well, I said that because I was like, oh, the first number came to my head was 97. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why in my head they exist almost in the same kind of stratosphere. Well, it feels like that run, right? Because leaving Las Vegas, then it's the Rock, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, uh, 8 Millimeter, Bringing Out the Dead, Gone in 60 Seconds, The Family Man, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Ooh, Wind Talkers. Yeah, that's my Adaptation, Matchstick Man, National Treasure, Lord of War, Weatherman. That's a nice run for 10 years. That's 95 to 2005. That's not a bad run. I got to be it's honest. Solid. Yeah. And then it's 2006 where things start to go crazy because then it's Wicker Man and Ghost Rider. And... Yeah, but Ghost Rider, you could see why he made the choice. Oh, sure. Totally, totally. It wasn't the later on where it's just a cash grab, but same time, I'll still go watch. I will gladly watch something of his. I'm much more willing to oh, watch yeah. something of his than, say, Bruce Willis. If they're both coming out with projects I've never heard of, I am instantly more engaged by at least Nick Cage is going to give a fuck. You you can never accuse Nick Cage of yeah. not giving a fuck. He, he never phones it in. He never, never phones it in. You're right. Absolutely. Is he in some terrible movies? Yes. Yeah. Does he make some insane choices? Absolutely. But they're authentically his. Yeah. You know, he's not just mailing it in or just giving you a look into the camera. Yeah. Like he is does. trying. Yeah. At all trying. times. I, I'm curious to see if it, I'm going to watch his Netflix show that just dropped yesterday. Swear words. I swear it was one. Yeah, I want to see if it's any good. Dude, the piece that he is wearing is so thick. It is so thick. You can see it in the thumbnail, and you're like, come on, guys. That looks like you took a piece and then used Just for Men on it. That's how fucking bad that is. <laughs> but it's shorter hair. You know what I mean? Uh, it's slightly standing up, but it's, I mean, it is yeah. an artificial hairline. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Uh, You're a million percent right, my friend. A million percent. Are you looking at it right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 last night we were looking through Netflix stuff to watch and oh. I saw the picture and I was like, oh, wow. That That's piece it. is just beautiful. Yeah. It's glorious. It's its own character. For sure. it's, it's so weird because the, he has access to the best hair systems. <laughs> yes, he does. In the world. I remember when I was doing Wind Talkers and that was the first time I even knew he wore a piece. It wasn't until you got it because obviously, because I've said before, like it was one of those main extras around the main guys all the time. Mm -hmm. So I got to see like Nick Cage literally like a foot away from me or two feet away from me, and you could see the plugs. And you're just like, wow. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, totally. You could see the like where the wig is and what it's like. And then, uh, oh, okay. I thought you meant the hair plugs he put in. I was like, oh, I thought he had, he just like weaved in. Yeah. Yeah. The little weaved in. You could see it. And you're just like, oh, okay. Where's a piece? I didn't know he wore. Yeah, I, for him, I understand because how many leading men are get jo- you know jobs like that are bald or balding? It's, yeah, right. Bruce was the only it's one really. Bruce Ed Harris, right? Ed Harris. Yeah, you could say Ed. J.K. Simmons. Sure, Stanley Tucci. It's Tucci eventually. Stanley, yeah, but have we said Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, Will Smith? Just there's all this over here that have hair. Oh, and yeah. it seems like we like hair. Yeah. We like hair. <laughs> we've, we've accepted the bald man. We have. 
Because remember in the 80s and 90s, it was like death to be bald, you know? But now, now it's cool. I think we're cool with it so long as you're honest with it. Yeah. You know who's weird to see with hair? Charles Barkley. Like, you go back and watch the old... Oh, back in the day? Footage, yeah, of him playing for the Sixers or even for the Suns, and you see that hair, and you're like, ah! Oh, Durant? Dude, it's time to shave your head, buddy. Oh, Durant's right. It's time to shave your head. The spot on the crown of his head is just ever-expanding. It looks like the, uh, uh, you know, in the early 90s. Uh, Yeah. Where they told us, uh, you know, the fear projection of what was going to happen to the Ozone if we didn't keep, you know, stop using CFCs. And it's just like this ever expanding across and be like, mm, sun's getting in. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, Kev. Yeah. Dude, I love you, man. It's time to shave your head. Yeah. And LeBron, LeBron is funny because LeBron, I think, has accepted it now <sighs> for the most part. He's trying. But he's and but he's starting to he's starting to look like the old man that fixes your car in the neighborhood. Um, he's still in great physical shape, but the look of him, the vibe, I guess the the, the what he exudes. Well, I I half expect him to be playing with like a cigarette hanging out of the side of his mouth, dangling a lit cigarette, just playing ball, just talking shit. It is great to see old man LeBron. It is like I've I've lived long enough to see the kid become the old man LeBron and he's still incredible to watch Matt what the fuck is in this guy's body you got to well some people say like, HGH but what? Not even there. is that the rumor it, uh, no it's not the rumor it's okay. what I know a couple people say is the only explicable reason really maintained at his size I guess logically on some level they're Ooh. not incorrect I just yeah he was blessed with so much. I, it's not hard for me to also believe that so long as he has taken care of it, he's managed to do it, and he is just that, that much more of an anomaly. He's already an anomaly, so it's not hard for me to be, be like, you know what is great about this diamond? The other side of the diamond. You're like, it's a diamond. <laughs> that is amazing. That's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's not hard for me to believe that. When people say HGH, I think the loudest is, well, it doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. Anyway, <laughs> there's nothing to do with Ridley Scott. That Fair is enough. my number nine. All right. And my number nine. What's your eight? <laughs> my number eight is Prometheus. Okay. That's all you, man. Go ahead. It made it because I still am willing to rewatch it. Yeah. And that's saying something because I have serious problems with numerous scenes that don't make a lick of sense. There are others that capture the magic and the the mania and the thriller psychological aspect of, boy, you put this in the wrong hands. Yeah. And this turns into a doomsday scenario really quickly. And he can handle that so well every time. As much as I, like, here's why. So say something like Godzilla, the first Godzilla that came out. By the time they got to the, the battle at the end, I was so checked out mm. because I was pissed off they kept showing us through Godzilla through dirty goggles mm-hmm. and then a TV screen because we're, you know, on the strip, but it's, we're watching CNN instead yeah. of what's happening outside is over. And I was so frustrated by the end. I was like, I don't care anymore. Right. Whereas Prometheus, I was frustrated throughout and it got to that ending scene with the medical bay alien coming out and them having to square off and it goes out and takes out the engineer. And I was so enthralled and still am. <laughs> There's the difference of, because I, when it works for me, it still works really well. Whereas something like Godzilla, I think is a dud. Okay. Uh, but that's just for me. I know everybody fucking loved Godzilla. That's great. 
<laughs> Tell me again how King of the Monsters was good because it wasn't. Uh-huh. Kong Skull Island was fine at was best. Fine. Kong fine. Skull Island was fine. Yeah, and I think I'm I'm comparing it just to the other two. Yeah. Right, right, right. Not to movies in general. Yeah. So basically at that point, I'm using the DC metric. <laughs> you're not getting a fair analysis. <laughs> it's the true. It's how I do it. I liked Aquaman more than I ever should have because you're like, yeah, but look what preceded it from DC. So it's nice to see them trending mm. in a certain direction. Now you have your Wonder Woman's. Chris Nolan doesn't count. Yeah. And nothing it's been tough on their side of the street for a while mm-hmm. by these eyes fair enough but i did have someone that i know uh try and convince me that wonder woman was great the new wonder woman what great. Like, what about this part what about this and you didn't love this and i'm like yeah okay but what about the two scenes preceding leading to that nullifying yeah. it's logical how did they even get here yeah. It should have fallen apart here and then here, and then suddenly we're here and there's no explanation, and then no time to even have an explanation because we're moving on. And you're like, right. okay. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh yeah, agreed. That movie was yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah. But what could have been cool is like the certain holiday scene, so to speak. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. It was like, wait, why are we why? First of all, why? Shit is going down. The world is po- is ending, literally. But, but you are floating above the clouds having this conversation. To me, it's akin to those sex scenes they throw in in the middle of like catastrophic movies. I mean, oh. nobody is fucking in the middle of catastrophic it's, situation. It's King, King Kong ice skating. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like wild. This everybody's closing in on them. Why would they? La da dee da. Why? Why? And also in that, spoiler alert. <laughs> fuck it. Spoiler alert. Sure, sure. Spoiler alert. The jet is fueled. Yes. So it's got a full somehow time. somehow the jet Just, is fueled. The Smithsonian yeah. keeps the jets because that makes sense. If you're gonna showpiece a decommissioned plane. You would want to leave the flammable thing as tourists and whatnot would be potentially walking around it. It makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely. Two, they have a runway. Yes, they do. Three, you're telling me there's enough fuel in this to make it to the Middle East? What jet fighter are you fucking flying? In the 80s. In the 80s. Three, or like five. Yeah, yeah. He flew planes in which world war exactly? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they didn't have jet technology. That was still another 23, 24 years away. So he knows how to fly a jet. Yeah. The last thing he got in was made out of wood. This has a fucking computer. He knows how to fly this. <laughs> and that's honestly that's uh, one scene. And I can do that with seven others, yeah. nine others. Yeah. I, I, because also, Oh, by the way, I've been working on this thing that no one else knows about that I've been working on. And let me see if I can try it out on the jet. Let me see if I can try it out on the jet. Never been what? explained. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just my that. father taught me this. It was, I can never, I can never do it right. Well, like, you never, you're like, wait, you're professional screenwriters. How is this not occurring to you in this moment? Or were people telling you? This moment doesn't fucking work, and you weren't listening. You were or was used it, to listen. You were obstinate that it was right and it was going to work. Yeah. DC, or you just saw the source material, and you're like, oh, yeah, she had an invisible jet. We need to give her the invisible jet. 
Did he make it cool? And I love my friend Kalinowski. He's my brother and all that, but him crying. Oh, he like at, he, oh God, he loved the movie. He felt himself crying at the, the Invisible Jet happening, and Patty Jenkins retweeted his video of himself crying. Yeah, and I, I, I respect how movies affect people. I totally get it. Yeah, I don't understand how that could elicit that emotion, no. but I'm not going to fault my brother for feeling that way. I just don't understand how it would elicit that emotion. I wish we were closer friends so I could make fun of him to his face. <laughs> oh my God, please don't. Please. No, I would never in a million years. And if that's his feeling towards it, who am I to tell him? Because I don't have. Right. We all got our things. In, in no way am I saying that now. I don't yeah. wish that on you, Mike, but I do <laughs> wish we were close enough to where I could tear into you privately, not in public. You know, I'm your friend. I'm not. Of course. Of course. Just be like, oh, what? Tell tell me. Explain to me yeah. how you're that emotionally connected. It's not creepy to you that there's just she's she's sleeping with some dude. That's the thing at the end of the day that a lot of people I, I guess I, I didn't feel like I guess there were so many other things I had issues with the movie. Where is that guy? I know, right. That's a fair point. And look, people brought it up and I was like, yeah, I guess that's something to be. I was expecting him to say he was dead. Like, oh, he (laughs) just died. And that's why you got access. Like a little heaven can wait. He's a husk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like, okay, that's at least we're used to make sense within a movie universe. And it just, why did that happen? Did you see that uh, we got Kristen Wiig over here looking pretty hot in a black dress? (laughs) What? Why did she turn into a cheetah? Well, that and when did she turn into a cheetah? When, like, well, when she, we, we never saw the got all the rage and the power from prowess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, why choose the cheetah? What is that all about? And also, the thing with her is, I, I was frustrated by the fact that, uh, um, like, she is an intelligent woman, and in twenty twenty. We should not be making a movie where the villain is mad at the pretty lead because she gets the guys and she gets the attention. Women nowadays don't want to see those kinds of characters become villains because they're jealous that they're not getting attention from men. Like that, I think that was where, and I saw a lot of prominent female uh, critics and pundits really speak out on this because they had issues with how the ending of Wonder Woman was handled, the first movie, where it was like, she didn't really realize her power until she realized she loved Steve, that it had to be a man encouraging her with her, his love to finally for her to embrace her powers. I didn't see it that way, but I understood that women saw it that way. So when she almost, in essence, doubled down on that in this by showing you a villain who's only mad because she's not as pretty as Diana Prince, but you don't spend enough time like um, talking about her intelligence, showing her abilities, you don't spend enough time showing all of that so that when she does make the decision to become a villain because she mm-hmm. thinks this means more to have attention from men or to feel sexy or pretty, then it's tragic because she's not embracing the thing that is her power um, and you you feel bad for her. And that could have worked, but it didn't. It, they didn't go that route. They just, you get all the yeah. guys, you know. Uh, Man, okay. so many. Why? Just last one. Just throwing this in because okay, we need to move sure. on. This, I know. We, maybe we, we clip this out of the to your video. bottom three. 
and we're 46 minutes in. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't need to bring up a last thing. Go ahead. What's your number two? No, 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 no. Do it real quick. I like this. Maybe we clip this out as a mini Wonder Woman 84 review of the top 10. Why? Why? So, Wonder Woman has the big electrical cord. Oh, yeah. Her lasso. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, oh. no. When she's got the electrical line, rather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cutting the power line and it's yes. sparking 20,000, you know, yeah. uh, volts right. out of it. And they're having the final says, fight. Yeah. 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 In the water. And he says, she says to her, she asks her to basically recant. And she, I'll never, then I'm sorry about this. And she shocks her into a little sleepy time nap, apparently. So why even apologize? Why even apologize? You're not killing her. No. If you want to because you're like, oh, yeah. shit, she's going to kill her. Okay. Yeah. That's a choice. Yeah. Like strong she had choice. to, and yeah, it is. And they've been going back and forth and she's held her own. It's a strong choice. And she had to come in with the armor that was the same armor that they used to hold off all of mankind. Right. Right. So it kind of makes sense that the build up to this. Oh, she defeated that armor. So she is this strong. Yeah. But you now she just goes sleepy time nap for 10 minutes. Yeah. How That's does the lasso get to him when it couldn't get to him before? Just that, off screen? that really fucking bothered me. Cause that is not the justice league moment where she was hiding it under Momoa's leg or in Momo on Momoa's leg the whole time for shits and giggles. That's a funny moment that works. In, yeah. Actually works in justice league. The Joss Whedon one, uh, Joss Whedon one. But in this movie, the fact she threw that lasso twice and couldn't get there and was getting and somehow her crumpled uh, against the wall in a completely defeated position, she was able to snake that lasso out. We don't want to tell the audience. We don't want to tell the audience. This isn't about spoon feeding us. This is more about how the fuck was it able to get through this time when it wasn't get through last time. If you make the audience yeah. do too much of the work, too much of the heavy lifting, and I don't mean that in a way like it's good to make audiences think about things and contemplate and have conversations afterwards. But sure. if you make the audience have to work in the theater to make these to make, uh, make sense. Yeah, to this, make it make sense, then it's not yeah. inventive or it's not intelligent or it's not deep in some way. It's actually bad screenwriting. And that's Show me, that. don't tell me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's screenwriting 101. Show me, don't tell me. Right. So what do you got at 10? <laughs> okay, my 10. Uh, my 10 is G.I. Jane. Which I love. Not on my I, list. Okay, fair enough. I, I really enjoy this movie. I go for it. I, I had to grab a water. Okay, do that. I, I remember when it came out, and people were like, "Oh, what's this about a woman being a part of this?" Demi, Demi Moore was in it, um, and she worked out really hard to be the lead in this movie and to to look good for this movie in terms of being able to do all the physical things that are asked of her. And I remember this was this huge deal: a woman taking on the lead in a military movie to play what is traditionally a male oriented. Um, uh, thing in the Navy SEALs. So to see her do it, I thought it was great. Viggo Mortensen is a good kind of pseudo antagonist to this whole thing. And then, of course, the twist with uh, um, Anne Bancroft, I thought was great as well. And the, 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 all of it, the direction, the, the things she goes through, the dialogue, it's very much one of those films. And I think it's the closest to a Tony Scott film that you're ever going to see from Ridley Scott. I think that's also another thing to consider. I think it's the closest to a Tony Scott film that you're ever going to see from Ridley Scott. It's got that kind of like, it's got a little bit of some hazy scenes, some hazy shots, mm -hmm. you know, that he likes to do. Uh, Tony Scott does. So I think this was almost like maybe there was a little like, conversation between the two of them. And Ridley's like, I'm going to do a movie like you would do a movie, and I'll show you how I'm a better director than you are. Maybe there was something like that. Um, or maybe just that uh, Tony was a good consultant on the film and got the certain Possibly. look. 
is going for. But yeah, Ridley, I don't think has ever directed a film that looks quite like this since or before. So um, yeah, that's my number 10. Anything right. to say on G.I. Jane? No, no, not really. All right. So nine matchstick men, as we said, then my number eight is all the money in the world. That was one of the, if you want to tell me that's better than body lives. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really. Or as good as Body of Lies, and it, and it may not have made my list if I had seen Body of Lies, Matt. I haven't seen it yet, so but but certainly, all the money in the world is one that I was really surprised by. And I remember I got a screening for it, and I went to go say I wasn't sure I was going to like it, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed what he did with it. I loved uh, Michelle Williams in the movie, Christopher Plummer, of course, sitting in for Kevin Spacey, who had those allegations against him. I thought he did a really great job uh, with it, and yeah. all throughout telling the story. Uh, this true story of the kidnapping, I think it's, is it, and it's not DuPont. I forget who the guy's name is. Uh, uh, no, it's, uh, it's Getty. Oh, it's Getty. Right. JP Getty or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really well done. And John Paul Getty, the third, that's right. He was 16 years old. The kid was kidnapped. Mark Wahlberg coming in as this guy who's got to figure out how it happened and track these people down. Um, I just, uh, uh, really enjoyed the film overall. And then the, mm-hmm. the, the Italian captor as well. The interaction between the kid and the Italian captor, I thought worked really well for me overall. So yeah, just one of those films that I, that I was surprised by Ridley Scott doing. And uh, I thought he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, there was also that TV show that came out roughly around the same exact time. Right. With Brendan the, Fraser. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Two months before something that came out. I think that's what was remarkable to me about was Christopher Plummer coming in and being able to replace Kevin Spacey and they shot it all in like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it was out like a few weeks after that. Like they had to come in last minute reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your seven? <clears throat> uh, seven is American gangster. Is that a punt? Uh, that is a punt. Yes. A slight yeah. one, but still a punt. All right. Uh, all right. What's your six? Six is kingdom of heaven. That's all you, man. Go ahead. I, I think you need to see the director's cut. Okay. So you're saying they, director's cut, Kingdom Heaven, director's cut is your choice here. It's yes. Okay. The regular is not near. They needed to flesh out so you get a better, I think it's just a better overall product. Okay. And uh, it also, it's, you know, it touches on historical aspects of the Crusades and going back and trying to take Jer- Jerusalem and holding Jerusalem and invading forces. And there's, Huge story. There's a monumental story, and the yep. director cut manages to give you more of the weight of that of this peasant uh, blacksmith's brother or assistant or something like that. Okay. Um, that eventually gets uh, he has to go to the Holy Land. You know what I mean? There, it's a crusade for huh. Christ's sakes, and right. it kind of gets embroiled into the highest levels of it just by uh, circumstance and who he is, uh, whatnot. Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's. Very successful, but you really need to like history. So to see a part of the world's history kind of come to life Mm -hmm. adds an extra dimension that kind of lifts it over the top, I think, for me. Whereas if you don't really give a shit about history, it probably drags in certain spots. Okay. As they're setting up like the king of Jerusalem and who he was. And uh, I don't know if I knew that he was a leper before I saw this. Wow. And... uh, what his power actually meant and how people kind of tried to weave in and out and steal power and, you know, supersede him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I think for that, if you like the history, then it's worth it. If you're not, it could be an Alexander for you. I think it's a much better Alexander. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, I didn't like Alexander at all, so I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't watch that director's cut. I, uh, I don't I've seen that. director's cut, Alexander. It's, it's fine. Yeah, right? See, I, I'm not on the Oliver Stone train anymore, so it's like maybe a couple of films I still enjoy. Like Wall Street still stands the test of time. That is a fucking good film. But like uh, other ones of his, I won't go back and watch. But a lot of people, including you, have told me to kind of take a chance on this director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven. And maybe I should. Maybe just sit down here one afternoon and just watch it and see if I like it uh at all because i mean like i said it's it's there are some bad really scott movies certainly but um i like that he has he takes chances and so it, this could be fun to see and maybe the cut was yes. wrong and so maybe the director's cut is is it would be better to enjoy yeah it you know it could be or it could be just more of the same to you who knows yeah okay guess okay. you won't know until you experience it so good good luck to you if you ever do <laughs> thank you thank you very much uh, uh all right uh but that's your that's your six that is my six all right so my seven is a uh, black rain ah, okay it's yeah. part of the it's good <laughs> i haven't seen it in so long and yeah so go ahead yeah it's one i go back to all the time sure. like i it's such a quintessential 80s movie and it's Michael Douglas with that mullet. It's Andy Garcia when he's still kind of building his rep and his resume. This idea of like American Japanese relationships, uh, Yakuza, the Yakuza, right? Exactly, Yakuza. Yakuza. Uh, and uh, Kate Capshaw, who was beautiful and sexy as hell in this movie, uh, and this this thing where they have to figure out, you know, they have to stop this guy Sato from taking over uh, the Yakuza and causing problems here. He's a criminal. Of course, uh, uh, Michael Douglas is fighting internal affairs back home, and mm-hmm. he is kind of guilty, so he's not the most honorable guy back home, at least. But in this movie, he is honorable. He takes these chances. Just like an American, he pushes through these norms or breaks conventions or cultural traditions because he got to, he's got to get his man. Uh, so, but uh, in the end, I think it's one of these kind of um, unusual Ridley Scott films, but it totally works. Once again, him taking a chance on like a, a genre action 80s film. Uh, and I just thoroughly enjoy it. And uh, it's got a good little a cheesy 80s soundtrack. But Michael Douglas is great in the movie. And uh, the gentleman who plays, um, uh, I think it's uh, plays Tanaka, who is the, his uh, liaison in the Japanese police department. They're okay. back and forth. Uh, and of course, that actor was in that film, The Yakuza, that came out in the seventies with Robert Mitchum. So to see him kind of stepping back into this kind of relation, cop relationship with the Yakuza situation here, I think works really well. And that scene with the older uh, gang leader, the Japanese gang leader, when he talks about, um, you know, when he was a child and seeing the black rain from the nuclear bombs that mm. America dropped, just it's a, such a great scene. You know, it's like, I am the solution to all your problems. Uh, just great stuff. Great stuff. So I maybe I need to watch it again. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, man, I just have a soft spot in my heart for that one. I love I, it. it made the three. I only wrote down 13 mm. going through his. So it made the three that didn't make my list. Right on. Right on. Uh, uh, okay. So uh, then my number six is Black Hawk Down. Is that a punt for you? It's a punt. Okay. All right. Cool. What's your number five? Two Black Hawk Down. So there we go. <laughs> You're welcome. Hell of a punt. Hell of a punt. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Black Hawk Down it is. 
uh, great ensemble piece. Yeah. Interesting to bring to life the um, not conflict, conflict in Mogadishu. Yeah. Where we're not fighting a war, but somehow we're using all the technology, the personnel, the time, the money, effort, energy, and resources that look like we're fighting a war. Yeah. It's amazing how, but it's different. This is different because we have muddied rules of engagement that gets us into a weird problem. Now we have down people, but you can't fire on somebody right. until they fire on you, yeah. which uh, it's always good to give somebody the first shot. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Greedo, he knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody, if you, if you have a gun and they have a gun, it's wise to let them shoot first. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, welcome to, to being the world's policeman. Yeah. The fuck uh, politics of it all for sure but there's 20 actors in this oh, yeah. did you know oh yeah like 20 maybe 25 yeah to varying degrees of size apart some people looks like they just came in and shot for a day or two uh and it's it's weird because he doesn't do these mass ensemble pieces mm-hmm. you know, he's not not the robert altman of action so uh, to see Ridley pull off like a massive 20, 30 guys is yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. I agree. And I, you know, you got Josh Hartnett in this, as we mentioned uh, earlier, you've got uh, William Fickner, you've got Eric Bana, you've got Sam Shepard. I think Channing Tatum's in this thing. Ewan McGregor. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. There's so uh, many people involved in this. And this is a 90s film, I think, like the tail end of the 90s. And yeah. so you've got all I think it's 99. These, yeah, 99. There you go. So you got all these people who are like kind of building their careers, building their resumes, and they're all jumping into a Ridley Scott film to play, you know, these people who are uh, and based on a true story, these people who are caught up in this battle in Mogadishu and the fucked up nature of the red tape and the politics of the situation and having to watch their fellow soldiers die in this situation and be subject to some pretty terrible um, actions by the people there um, in Somalia. But then again, we went in there. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, yeah. we went in there thinking we could do something with our hands tied behind our backs. And it's ridiculous. You know, we're still there. Yeah. True. True. Maybe not specifically in Mogadishu, but Djibouti, I believe we're still in Djibouti. Yeah. You know, there are pirates over there. So yeah, we keep a military presence to deal with pirates. Yeah. It's normal. I wonder what the sta- what that situation is like. Are you being stationed out there? I had a friend do a tour out there. Really? Wow. Huh? Must have stories. Well, he did two tours in Afghanistan. So there's, if he has stories, they're from Afghanistan, not from Djibouti. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but I don't ask him about them. Yeah. Yeah. If he wants to talk about it, we can talk about it, but he's never right. wanted to talk about it. So that's right. fine. It's not my business. Yeah, exactly. I want to know. We've been friends for a long time. Like, I, yeah. if you want to talk about it, I want to be there for you. But at the same time, I wasn't there. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the, the cinematography in this one is great. Um, uh, I think the music works. I think Zimmer did the music for this one, if I'm not wrong. That I, sounds right. Yeah. And I, and I just really liked it all, all, all around. It's It's one of those films that a lot of people don't talk about in terms of war films. Yet it's one of those war films that actually shows the frustration, frustrating nature Sometimes of how politicians can mess with a, a military operation and really hamstrung it because they didn't know they weren't able to do this uh, until they got into the situation. And that's more of the 
messed up nature of things. And that happens in the military, ladies and gentlemen. That happens in the military all the time. Uh, things change. Um, uh, mission re- requirements change. What you're supposed to do and not do changes yeah. sometimes on the fly. And it is one of the most frustrating things to deal with for sure. So Yeah. Enemy to friendly. Yeah, right. Exactly. All of that. No, no. They're on our side now. Yeah. Okay. Stand down. What? Yeah. Work with them to capture these people. What? Yeah. So. Um, so there you go. That was my five. What do you okay. got? The American Gangster is my five, which is your punt from earlier. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just really like this film. I like the dialogue in this film. I love, obviously, it's set in the 70s, so I love the 70s vibe of this film. And mm-hmm. Denzel, I mean, once again, you talk about a film that, uh, like Black Hawk Down, that has all these young actors. There's a lot of young black actors in this film or, or you know, actors at a certain stage in their career uh, that are in American Gangster with Cuba Gooding Jr. You've got Chouetel Ejiofor in this thing, Commons in this thing, uh, yeah. and Denzel leading his family through this true story about this guy who was a, uh, you know, godfather in essence, the black godfather there doing his thing and using um, American bodies to or coffins rather to transport his uh, heroin. It's so, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. It's genuinely brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's scary. Yeah, it is scary. What is it? No, yeah. you know, people I, smart. That's what smart people do. They figure out the hole, man, the loophole. Yeah, exactly. The flaw in the system. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, it's going up against so many other mob movies. The reason it's number seven on my list is now it's in the pantheon of all these others. And I'll watch all those others before I get to you. And it's nothing against you. It's just, you're up against some all time greats. Yeah. Yeah. I understand because that. of that going, walking out of the movie, I was like, that was good. Mm-hmm. Like hoping for amazing because uh, mob movies have the chance, have a chance. Oh yeah. Totally. totally. Yeah. It's a really, you know, press a lot of buttons for you, me, Mm-hmm. Quite a few people. So yeah. it just operates under a different kind of set of circumstances or criteria for me. That's it. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, man. It is. And you've got to, you know, because that's why I made the, I made the, I was like, okay, this is, these are Ridley Scott movies, but I totally get like, you know, where it is in the pantheon of gangster movies for sure. But it has yeah. that unique thing where the cop is working with him, right? The cop is like eventually Russell Crowe, who's got his own storyline, works with Denzel to kind of figure out what to do in this, in, in what they want. And that's the last hour of the movie. So there's more, there's, a twist in the movie uh, along with their storylines that I really like that makes it unique. Um, and you've got these two powerhouses, two alpha dogs in the same pit together. And it's kind of fun to watch their chemistry. It is. They're good together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was your five. So, yeah. Well, what's your four? Uh, my four is get ready to say the words punt. Okay. Blade runner. You know, it's a punt. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pump, baby. Pump. Right. Haven't used that in a long time. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's been on I don't know that I ever will again. There we go. <laughs> I like it. It's what um, makes it good. So then my four uh is uh the Martian. That's my three. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, good film. Really enjoyed it. Uh, like, just uh, it's surprisingly good. And Matt Damon is excellent. He is so charming in this movie. You know, and every once in a while, you have to be reminded how good Matt Damon can actually be with the right material and mm-hmm. how much you uh, reflexively cheer for him or follow him or want him to succeed at what he's doing in a movie. And the, the script, the way they've honed it all, the way they adapted it from the, the, the novel. 
And uh, the way they make, you know, everybody involved in the movie, how they make it all work, Donald Glover, Jessica Chastain, Michael Pena, all those people in what he's doing himself. And, of course, Jeff Daniels as well on the ground. All of that, it just works so, so well. And it actually could be a very boring movie because he's just stuck on a planet. They're stuck on a spaceship. They're stuck down on the ground. But the tension throughout, along with the humor and the cinematography of the movie, just combines to keep you on the edge of your seat through the whole movie to see if they're going to get this guy back home or if he's going to die. So it's just great. I think I would even go a step further than what you said earlier and say it's surprisingly excellent. Yeah. Okay. And it's not a knock on Ridley. It's it's you feel like you know exactly what this movie is. Yeah. And the bones of it. Yes. Technically guy gets marooned. And then we have to figure out a way to get him back. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, you you know that. But how he goes about and does it, it's all very believable. So so much so that afterwards, I've read numerous articles about it where, where the science in it is excellent and where yeah. it actually falls apart. And it's one of those of, I don't even care where it falls apart because it's so honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like the... Apparently, the atmosphere isn't dense enough for a sandstorm to kick up to be of any kind of strength to knock a ship over. Oh, it's just wow. never going to happen. Oh, okay. But it's like, okay, yeah, but how do you get in? So I would believe that they would have a windstorm. So it's not like they went crazy with the right. science. And then other things are like, no, that's spot on doing this in this fashion. Uh, but that's why I was walking out of it. It might make, if we do this in a couple of years, because sure. The rewatchability is going up on this, but yeah, to me, there's a distinct top three, uh, and yours is top four. I'm assuming, yeah. yeah, if this makes that kind of discussion, yeah. So it's my three. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, any any negatives on your on your mind about that movie, or it just kind of it just works overall? Martian, no, I really yeah. like it from point A to point B. I mean, there are some. Certain points. I don't know if Kristen Wiig is the best casting. Yeah, I agree with you that that's my only drawback in the yeah. movie. And I like Kristen Wiig as an actress. I just feel like me too. It just didn't feel right. Yeah, the the vibe of the movie doesn't didn't really. And serve Donald Glover, I don't know if I bought as the super smart guy that eventually figures out the reentry trajectory okay. or thing whatnot. Yeah. Um, I do I like uh, uh, Wong, who plays the J- JPL guy, the head of the JPL. The actor yeah, plays great. Wong in. in, in it's uh, like a week, fourteen days. You have ten. Just the look on his face. You're not going for comedy, but it's like this little smidge of comedy. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. It's him making his bones of, you know, and then eventually he gets uh, Dr. Strange. But yeah. uh, Did you ever see the, um, it wasn't Genghis Khan. It was his son Mm. that uh, he did the series of. It was. No, I never saw that. Well, he's an ancillary character for um, Marco Polo. Oh, okay. But not okay. ancillary, but he's a side. It's about Marco Polo going right. through and the Silk Road and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, Did you like it? I liked him a lot in it, and I liked Marco Polo. And a lot of these other side, like there's this warrior girl and her clan family. It was like they were kind of weird. Yeah. And I liked the two of them a lot. Yeah. yeah they yeah. were excellent. I wish they would focus more on them. Well, fair. Fair. Yeah. Okay. I like some of the concubine elements of it, not for yeah. the sexualized, but just the the palace intrigue type right. of stuff. Right, right, right. Like who has power, who doesn't type of. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Fair. 
Um, all right, so where are we up to? Your three. That, that, my three. So the my three is uh, Gladiator. That is my deuce. Yeah, yeah. Um, I again saw it recently, and man, it's just such a powerful movie, dude. Uh, and I really enjoy his performance. Joaquin is great. You know, Matt, it is tough to do a Roman epic nowadays, right? That you can poke holes in Roman epics going back to see the ones from the from the past. So to mm-hmm. take the chance to do one nowadays and still have it be something that you can enjoy through the modern lens, but still feel it has great homages to the great uh, Roman epics of the past. I thought uh, really, really nailed it here. Uh, and the the gladiator fighting scenes, the music is great. The story works for yeah. you. The, the underdog, you know, the guy taken all his stuff taken from him, having to fight his way back to a station. And then in the end, it's a tragic ending, you know, uh, but a positive ending as well for him. So just really great stuff. And uh, Gentleman Hansu and Connie Nielsen, just good stuff. And there aren't many Roman epics to compare it to. So mm. the fact that it was so successful, it's like pirates. Yeah. Nobody else has put out a good pirates because it's just, it's really, it seems like it's difficult on the outside. Yeah. To kind of do. Uh, I would love for there to be more Roman epics. I mean, they're doing Gladiator 2. I don't even know what that means unless you're just picking another gladiatorial subject. Yeah. And they have like a Spartacus type rise this time or something, but. Right, right. I don't know. It seems too formal. I just don't know why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Make another Roman epic, but that's what it's titled right now. Who knows what the final product ends up being, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, Gladiators, it's it's beautiful. It's got a great story. Yeah. Uh, nice balance of serious dramatic and also the crazy mania of Joaquin Phoenix is, is grabbed for power and kills his father, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Um, which I believe the count is Marcus Aurelius dies. Like uh, other people find him and come and tell. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin's I'm blanking on uh, the emperor's name, the ultimate emperor's name. But anyway, uh, yeah, Commodus isn't it Commodus uh, or Augustus? Is it, is, is it Augustus? Oh, it's not Augustus. It might be Commodus. Okay. You mean Joaquin's name in the movie, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's Commodus. I think. I think you might. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Let me see. I, I feel like it's Commodus. Commodus. Um. Yeah. I mean, and there's great. Uh, and he's and you know he's kind of wacky in the movie too at times. Yeah, Joaquin. Joaquin. Yeah, like the, when they're doing the scene where they're shooting, where they're like having simulating the battle from before, and they're like the the, the, the music is ratcheting up, and, and then they cut to Joaquin. And he's like, ah, ah, you're just like, what? What the fuck is that all about? So, but it works uh, because of the madness. That's, that's so he's mad with power, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. At least that's how he's being played. Yeah. Uh, the boy emperor. Uh, all right, so that was my deuce, your three. Okay. I can guess what your... Yeah, I said Gladiator for my three, so that's your deuce. So my two is Alien. Which is my number one. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. Since you're number one, please, go ahead. Uh, if you've never seen it, it is one billion percent worth it. Yes, it is. Take Late 70s, you see that, and you're like, ah, what's a horror movie? Not horror, psychological, more space kind of... Can, you probably have seen Aliens or 
any of the others, you may not have seen Alien. It is without a doubt. It's about the psychological terror um, of finding this unknown thing. And then ultimately it, it is your demise. It's living death. Right. Uh, it is just from point A to point B. It's one of the movies where you hear it's so good and then you see it and you're like, it is so good. It does not. The acclaim doesn't hurt its reception, in my opinion. No, it doesn't. It still holds up. It's still uh, one of the most epic sci-fi slash horror films you're ever going to see. The acting mm-hmm. works still well. You know, they, they've remastered it. And even in, I think it's been 4K now. In 4K, it's even more incredible what really was able to do with that movie. It seems timeless. Kind of like uh, um, nine, uh, 2001, and another film we're going to mention here in just a second. This, this they're timeless. The way they're shot, the way it looks, um, the technology they're using, but also the acting that goes on. I mean, this is a hell of a stable of actors with Tom Skerritt, Yafet Koto, Sigourney Weaver, uh, um, uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, uh, I forget the actresses. Ver- Veronica something uh, who plays the blonde. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't oh. much. Oh, yeah. yeah, all the people involved in it are just... Oh, John Hurt, obviously. All the people involved, yeah. and uh, um, Ian Holm as Ash. All the people involved in it, just great, great actors. So you're getting some awesome dialogue scenes with these actors bringing their A-games, and then you're getting these moments that are so uh, unsettling and powerful, especially when you see Tom Skerritt like, uh, up on the wall, and he's essentially being begged. He's begging Ripley to kill him. It's just like, oh my God, this is horrific. It pulls no punches, and it is a true horror film, man. Without a doubt. Yeah. I. You're watching it, and you're like, why are there chains and dripping water in space? Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, it makes perfect sense. Why you'd ever put that on a spaceship <laughs> is beyond me. But yet, somehow, it works. That's how good that movie is. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. It's like they're steam pipes. And you're like, what? Yeah. What is? Why is this happening? But like, it's why the is there vibe. steam pipes? Yeah. They don't make any sense. Why would you make a, a system that you'd have to replenish with water, and you're out in space? You have no idea when you're going to come across water again. That doesn't. That's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> and yet, doesn't matter in the slightest. It's like that. Nah, it feels you're like on a submarine. I don't know. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we know what your number one is. Yeah. I knew it was going to be that. Yeah, it's never going to change. I don't think. I know Blade Runner is just. It's just. It's my thing. It's. I love the movie. You're not I'll alone. Watch, I watch it all the time. You know, I just got the soundtrack in vinyl, so I could listen to it in that way as well. And it's just like, it's so good. It's just such a good movie, man. It, it affects me on so many levels. It moves me on so many levels. Uh, and I, I, I just. I can't explain why I love it as much as I do, but it just kind of touches me. Uh, uh, in uh, checks, sorry, touches me. Jesus, it checks a lot of boxes for me. The noir aspect of it all, Harrison Ford's performance, um, and Sean Young is like this porcelain goddess in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 ruthlessness of Rucker Howard, but then the understandability of why he's doing what he's doing. Roy Batty. That's the thing. That's why I enjoyed Killmonger and Black Panther. It's okay to have a villain that you understand the reasons for why they're a villain. They don't have to mustache twirl. They just have to be memorable. And if you give them a foundation, it's great. Like even with um, Die Hard, 
Hans Gruber is just a fucking thief. He's just a thief. Yeah. And Bonnie Bedelia calls him out on it later on in the movie, near the end of the movie. And he says, I'm an excellent thief, right? And so for all his show and his luster, he's done such a great job as an actor that mm-hmm. when you find out that he's just a thief, it's not a, a thing that undercuts him because the performance is done so well. Yeah. In in reverse here, Roy Batty is his performance here. It's the reason he's coming after them is because he wants to find out why you've created something that has a end date that is very clear. Uh, why do I exist? And so you 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 lay that foundation, and then the performance stems from that. So to me, that's that's I just think it's brilliant the way the film is done, and the cinematography is incredible. He's done like five separate cuts of this movie, and all of them work in their own way. Um, and I just, I, it's one I go back to all the time. So it's just a personal choice of why much I love it, man. I, I mean, I like it a lot. I put it at four. It just, <laughs> yeah, I'm not bashing it to that degree. I'm not saying you are just to that degree. It's never <laughs> had that kind of impact and you're not alone, yeah. man. Yeah. The people that love it, it's, it's an all timer for them. Yeah. And yeah. I've never viewed it through that prism. I've always viewed it. I think what, what slows it down for me, the Daryl Hannah scenes, mm. All of that, I understand why it's in there. I've never yeah. enjoyed them. Okay, I understand. So that depreciates from the old. I'd I'd rather have more Rutger Hauer, but I realize you can't do that because it really ruins the mystique of that character. Yes, agreed. If yeah, if he's in it more, so I fully understand all the motivations and choices. Well, yeah. at least from that, I don't understand all. That's not what I'm saying, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So no, I can get that. I know she's. You know, it's it's an interesting character she plays in Pris and what she does. And, you know, Daryl Hannah, you could argue, is the least strong actor of everybody in that film. And that includes Sean Young, who I think is a damn good actress. Uh, I think the other guy that plays a replicant was more believable, the one that's in the very beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake up. Time to die. Yeah. Yeah. The guy in Fifth Element. It's great. Yep. He's the head of security, like the... The, the you know head of the Department of Defense. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's all right. There are two uh, lists. Yeah, our separate lists. Let's put and them together now. Twenty minute uh, Wonder Woman crap yeah, review. Yes, yes. Review seems uh, lofty. Well, that's all right. Uh, uh, maybe we can clip it out. Issue it as a separate video on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, right, so I got the drums. Let's just put this together. Right, what do you got? I would say Alien One. Okay. One, two. Okay. And probably Blade Runner because one, four beats two, three to me. I would agree with that. It's right, so Blade Runner, Gladiator, The Martian. Just warming up a little bit. Um, okay. Blackhawk Down, we have is five, six. Okay. Otherwise, so what? Where, where are we up to now? Are we have fifth? Wait, number or, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Black Hawk Down is five, six. American Gangster is five, seven, right? Or no. Wh- okay, which- so Black Hawk Down. That's what I was... Yeah, I've got it at seven. Okay. That American Gangster. Okay. And we both have Matchstick Men, not till number nine. So what's your next highest? My next highest is... I guess Black Rain at seven because we've got Black Hawk Down, Gangster, Martian, Gladiator, Alien, and Blade Runner. So seven yeah. Black Rain is what I have. All right. So let's do I have the Kingdom of Heaven at six. Okay. Um, 
And how many spots have we got left? Then we'll do uh, yours of Black Rain, then Matchstick Men, because we both have that, and it okay. keeps it at number nine. Okay. One left. So I got my number eight. I got my number eight. Oh, pull out the coin, Matt. What is yours? All the money in the world. Okay. Let's do this thing. Let's all right, flip all this. the money in the world versus Prometheus. All right. Oh, come on. Coin is up. Coin is flipped. Ed. All the money in the world wins. Yes. I just did the Superman Batman coin. For once. For once. We'll try not to get you, John. You know, <laughs> you know what? You win 50% of the time. That's bullshit. That is fucking bullshit. You win 50%. Somebody, somebody, somebody tally it up. Please, somebody tally it. Do me a listen, favor. Listen to every episode, and we don't flip a coin every time. So every time we do on every episode, it's a little I challenge. project 2021. Yeah, I challenge you. I'm, I'm sure it'll get back to us by the time Regal opens in cinemas in March and get us those numbers. Yes. On March 123rd, <laughs> we will get this list. Uh, all right, let's do this thing. The top 10 really Scott movies. Yeah. At number 10. All the money in the world. At number nine. Matchstick men. At number eight. A black rain. At number seven. Kingdom of heaven. At number six. American gangster. At number five, Black Hawk Down. At number four, The Martian. At number three, Gladiator. At number two, Blade Runner. And our number one Ridley Scott film is Alien. Cinemorphs unite! Uh, All right, there you go. That's our top 10 Ridley Scott films. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show or watching our show. Some of you may be watching us on the YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go on over to YouTube and subscribe to it. Hit the bell so you know when we're dropping the content. You know, we get the Topic Thunder, Golden Ticket, and our main show. All that happening all the time there on the channel. So, And some of you who do not know, we do have a YouTube channel. So just type in the top 10 with both with one of our names or both of our names. You should come on up. Go and subscribe. Hit like on all the videos. If you want to leave a comment on all the videos, just keep some, some support going. That'd be great because it's monetized now. So the views, the comments, the likes, they all help to get us some more people watching it uh, and some more money on in our coffers. And, of course, watch the videos as well. That would help. At least 10 minutes of it, I think, is what you need to watch. Uh, keep it on the background. Play video games. Keep it on the background. You know, whatever you want to do, just give us some love there. Um, Matt, what else we got to tell them? Uh, Golden Ticket is starting back up. The next episode you should be hearing on the following Monday. So we are nearing in on the championship there. We'll be having that guest on with doing their topic. Can't wait for it. Looking forward. Going to be fun. Yep. Um, boss hoggers, uh, respond back with whatever, uh, you would like as potential topics. You got the message over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. We do all our messaging for the boss hog topics over there. So hit us back and, uh, check out if you haven't settled the score or dropping dimes and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Okay. You can follow me uh, at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and of course uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash John Roca says come and enjoy any of that, but definitely go to our YouTube channel as well. And all our social media stuff and our Patreon 
Um, you know, this is the time. This is the time to be supporting us on Patreon. You know, Patreon, you know, we're entering into our fifth year of doing the show. We're going into 2021. We've given you th- content every week, uh, three, sometimes three times a week, giving you content to get you through the COVID times. Show us some love. Get, support the show at whatever level you can afford to support the show. Some of you are going back to work. Some of you are are getting jobs here. So please don't forget us when you're looking at the things to support in your world of entertainment. Help us uh, uh, sub, uh, get us back up uh, to the higher rankings we were at before and remember us and support us in that way. We would appreciate it very, very much uh, 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 on so many levels. And you get all these benefits uh, as well. And we've got plans for more stuff this year for sure. So, uh, okay, that's it. Take care of yourselves. Uh, be safe. Practice that social distancing. Wear your mask and then uh, come back and see us again next week with another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Ooh.